You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to rb1 colon fantasy football podcast part of the fake team podcast channel i am your humble host once conducted the now completely dead devin funches hype train rom-com aficionado say christian mccaffrey who go a thousand a thousand before it was cool worshiper of the gil harry and damian harris truther pete rogers and i am joined <clears throat> by all of the guys we have dk metcalf's number one admirer doubter of juju smith schuster proponent for a line of johnson o'hare products you heard it here first resident old man clark bards his proud father of quentin nelson WNBA hot take machine the man who boldly said the tampa bay buccaneers will make the playoffs this year the coach whisperer the wine sipperer the will disler jordan smith and finally, the biggest 49ers fan you know, Arya Stark is the spirit animal. Don't take him to Vegas. The man who hates Larry Fitzgerald and a fan of what scientists lovingly call, quote, facts, the ginger normal man, Nick Botterford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Excellent. Yeah. Whew. Uh, I, uh, this will mean nothing to the listeners, but my apologies for being late to the, uh, to the podcast. Bex and I are quickly re-watching all of Shit's Creek before Netflix releases the next, the next season which is coming out tomorrow. Um, so anyways, that's what I was doing. If you have not seen that show, 10 out of 10 recommend. Never watched it. It is incredible. It's on Netflix. Go see it. Clark, Nick, what are you watching? I got distracted watching the Saints and Buccaneers game on the old Game Pass. Oh, I was going to say, Wednesday Night Football. When was that a thing? No, I'm still catching up on uh, what just one week ago. I'm pretty proud of myself. Hey, good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Who's excited for a Thursday night? <laughs> Patriots at the uh, non-existent Giants. I ended up with Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon. It has been a rough ride for the past yeah. couple of weeks. They are both well, Philip Dorsett is, is, is injured. So don't worry. We'll get to them because it's week six starts and sits, baby. We got to get into it because Nick has a hard stop and we got to make sure we get his content out there. Um, also, quickly pour some out for Jay Gruden who got fired in the dickiest way possible being told to show up at the, uh, at the stadium facility facility. There it is at five in the morning. And then was like, Oh, by the way, you got fired. What a dick move. Washington. John Gruden was, he was out though. Like, Oh, of course. Jay Gruden's been out. Of course. I mean, it's not a surprise. Checked out. Um, but anyways, so had to comment on that. Week six starts and sits. We're here. We're ready. Let's do it. We're always learning. We're always improving. Uh, and so we're, we've added a fun new little twist uh, in here, too. While we talk about games, we're also going to give a who will have a better or worse fantasy game question uh, for one of our games to help with one-on-one decision-making, help you maybe with some tough start-sit quandaries that you'll find yourself in. So, uh, but let's start right off. Nicholas, why don't you give us your first one, since you're the one who could depart at any moment. Uh, give us your first start and sit for the week. Yeah, I think the term we decided that we would never use again was a hard off. 
Um, <laughs> oh, it's it's now it's now part of the uh, dialect. <laughs> All right. So uh, for my start for this game, oh, the the game is the uh, the Seattle Seahawks at the Cleveland Browns. Um, I am. At, this might seem like a silly start, but Odell Beckham Jr. Um, He's been struggling. I mean, it's he hasn't been struggling. The whole damn offense has been struggling because Freddie Kitchens won't turn over the play calling. Um, I think after this last week's blow up, um, they're going to have to get him the ball early. Now, his, his target count has kind of descended over the last few weeks, but I still think that he can get the job done here. Um, Pete Carroll, he likes the big-bodied receivers, and as we've said before, likes to talk about how you beat them by having receivers who are quick at the release point. Um that's Odell Beckham Jr. I think he can get it done. Uh, they like to keep their corners stationary. So if he's able to just be moved away from Shaq Griffin, he's going to be fine. I was going with Shaquem. Um, but yeah, uh, Shaquille Griffin, they move him away. He's going to be fine. The safety play there is terrible. And they've, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think this is the week that he gets right. Yeah, I, uh, we do a, we do a pick em for, all on the on fake teams amongst us writers. And I, this was the most difficult game for me to pick because I just, I could see in a world, they are back in Cleveland. You could see in a world where everything suddenly meshes again um, and the offense looks good and they're able to move the football and able to score. But you could also see in a world where we have seen the Browns offense looking very confused, very confuzzled uh, and not knowing what's going on. I like your vote of confidence, Nick. I like you putting out good vibes in the world because I am an Odell owner and I really don't want to bench him. I feel like that's kind of preposterous. Uh, so I will happily take any good vibes that you are sending out. I just don't know what Cleveland is doing. Uh, watching them the other night against San Francisco, just, I mean, their offensive line is awful. Like, it's really bad. Um, but then again, San Francisco's defensive line is pretty good and i think seattle has this guy named jadevian Clowney, so he might interrupt the uh passing game a little bit but um yeah i I hope that that cleveland just gets to a place where they're not like it just feels like they're forcing the ball into odell's hands rather than like letting it come naturally and it just seems like it's a really weird like they're not in rhythm and that might come with with time or with somebody else maybe calling the plays but who knows i hope odell puts together a solid game this week so all right uh for for sits we're kind of rebounding here from from last week where i told everybody to start dk metcalf on the rundown this week i'm telling you to sit him browns have been pretty successful stopping the deep ball it's it's been kind of a so-so uh result thus far through the season however they're getting back Rudy williams and denzel ward or they're likely to which i think they'll be able to put the clamps on him and he's only getting three or four targets a game so i don't like gambling on him in an away game um given the given that situation i know everybody probably wants to ride him high since i told you to um but uh but now is not the time so for pete introducing our uh, our new thing yeah do you want to do this or should i just hop into it no just do it what's your question uh, my question is, if you were lucky enough to draft Odell Beckham Jr. and Tyler Lockett as your wide receiver one and wide receiver two, are you considering benching Odell because you have Lockett? So the question Did I do is, that right? The question is, who will have a better fantasy week, you. Odell or Tyler Lockett? I would actually gamble on Lockett because right now he's kind of um, handcuffed to a quarterback that's having a much better season. So 
that to me is pretty exciting in terms of target share and just uh, chemistry with the QB. Yeah, I am an Odell owner, but I'll still ride with Lockett. Just we've seen them be, we've seen him and Russell Wilson be too much in sync, in sync uh, last season and to start this season. God, that throw that Wilson had against the Rams where Lockett tippy tapped the back corner of the end zone to haul it in was phenomenal. Um, I just, I would trust that production more so than Baker Mayfield suddenly not having, not seeing ghosts in the pocket and being able to hit Odell for a consistent day. Yeah, I think this would have sounded really silly at the beginning of the season, but I I think I'm going to go with Lockett as well. I think Jadavian Clowney has a real knack for making subpar offensive line guys look like they shouldn't be playing in the league. Uh, If Seattle is smart, Nick, hold on, uh, they should look to take (laughs) Odell away. Uh, Now, who who knows if they will, but uh, Russell Wilson's looking good. Rihanna's mixing it up on Twitter saying that she's not going to do the Super Bowl because she's not a freaking sellout. So I, yeah. I feel like good things coming for this family, like some good karma for the old Wilson household. <laughs> All right, Clark, it's Sierra. Okay, not Rihanna. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. oh yeah, good karma is now there. dead. It good is. <laughs> good, good karma is all gone now. Oh, no. Uh, Jordan, I, th- I thought you were just a huge fan, Clark. That's what happens were. when you try to dive into something that's not your lane. I know this is this is Clark <laughs> dipping his toe into pop culture. <laughs> I got twittered. Uh, Jordan, what's your first game that you're watching? Starts and sits. Uh, the first one I am going with um, is Philadelphia against Minnesota. Um, this one is more of a. Let go of your doubts and just go with him, even though we've doubted him for like the past year and a half. It's Jordan Howard. Just go ahead and start him. The uh, the Vikings have a good defense. They're fine. Um, but I'm doing this based on how good I think the Eagles actually are. Um, their offensive line is third in power success, which is the percentage of runs on third or fourth down uh, with like two or less yards to go. So they're able to just get the push when they need it. And that also includes like nice little runs down by the goal line, which is uh, Jordan Howard's forte. Um, Howard is also the third ranked running back by DVOA and sixth in defensive adjusted yards above replacement and fourth by success rate. So he is not just having some sort of blip over these past couple, uh, couple of games. He's actually proven to be a very efficient running back and just ride the wave just go with the jordan howard wave until it until it crashes and philly's been blowing people off their offensive line have been blowing people off the line uh throughout the season and and this is like reminiscent of we know philly can run the ball this is what they did last year and two years like this is what they've done for the past few years now regardless of what running back is back here i mean jay ajayi looked great in this backfield back in what was that 2017 is that two years ago or was it last year when did they trade him from the dolphins i think it was 2017 was that last year or was it last year no they they got him i'm i can check it out but i'm I'm fairly certain that they got him uh two years ago yeah and he uh his tenure with them ended last year when he tore his acl boom all right but so anyways, so like regardless of what running back is back there, they've had success because that offensive line is really good. Um, so I'm right that Jordan Howard wave. If you if you've got him, keep keep going. So as far as like uh, my confidence in starting him, Jordan, I'm kind of curious for like what, what you consider 
would be a, a start worthy performance from him. Start worth. I wouldn't say he's like your RB one um, and expecting him to just rack up 20 points in place of like a Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, that's a pretty high bar because he's the best running back right now, but <laughs> yeah. I, I would say he can put up, you know, 12 to 15 points at least if he finds the end zone, especially. Yeah. But so, I, I would yeah. That's a be consistent. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's betting on him finding Pater. So I've got him as the RB 20 and I've got Miles Sanders as the RB 30. Um, and I was pretty bullish on this uh, at the beginning of the week. And then as the weeks progress, I've heard a number of arguments from very smart people uh, saying that this actually shapes up much more as a, a Miles Sanders week, just because he's like locking down pass protection responsibilities and is and he's producing yardage at a high rate. He just can't get in the end zone and Howard can't. Um, I I would be I, I would say uh, for me I'm game to start him as like a low end RB two um, who you probably added off the, the waiver wire obviously uh, but he's I have to think about if I really want him to be a, a start more than a sit I will go I'll go with him being a start but I have to think about whether I actually want him to be a starter or a sit. Peterson also said that with Sproles down that he wants to get Howard more touches. To, yeah, that's nice. yeah. Awesome point. Yes, uh, he, he he does have the coach's endorsement, so that definitely carries weight in the workload department. Unless he's like, you know, hyping him up, t- t- like messing around with. I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna give the ball to Jordan Howard. He's in for four plays. Yeah, and so I, I understand the the excitement for Miles Sanders. I think as a football watcher, you would rather see Miles Sanders get the ball. But we do this with a couple of teams every year. Jordan Howard is the boring option that the coach likes. So yeah. he may not be performing as well on a per touch basis, but he is getting the ball. Uh, this it's an easy lazy comparison, so I'm happy to make it. It's the Legarrette Blood comparison. Uh, he's getting the ball, right? So we, we may see that change, uh, but I will give it two weeks of seeing it change instead of trying to guess the first week that we're going to see it change. Agreed. So okay, my my final ra- uh, rapid point on Jordan Howard. I was really excited on him entering week five because he actually had, I think, three catches on four targets in week four, which was like career different uh, uh, passing game workload than what we've seen from him. But anyway, his loss of, of passing game work last week kind of gave me the shakes on him again. But anyway, we'll see. Sorry, uh, moving on. My first game, Clark, this is for you. This is this is to help you out. You talk, you you briefly mentioned it at the top of the show, and I'm here to help you. Giants uh, at New England at the Patriots Thursday night football. I and every offense that faces them loves to pick on the Giants secondary, and it's impossible not to when they're allowing a league leading and just staggering 14.3 yards per completion. This is just asinine. And who's going to benefit from this terrible defense? Clark, it's your boy, Josh Gordon. Philip Dorsett is out. He's injured. Uh, Josh Gordon, the Giants pass rush is league average, which means that Brady is going to have a little bit more time to look down the field, a little more time in the pocket. We've seen receivers who can push a, you know, stretch a defense, have success against the Giants. Thielen last week, Mike Evans in week three, and both Gallup and Cooper in week one. Those are all guys who had big games. And I think that while maybe they won't, while Josh Gordon won't see the maybe target share that those guys got, I think Josh Gordon is a lock for, a, at least one big 30 to 40 yard touchdown uh, against this Giants secondary, especially when Julian Edelman is banged up and you have uh, Philip Dorsett, like we said, was out. Uh, their, their receiving core is very thin right now. And so I think that this is going to be a game where Brady and Gordon get back on the same page. 
I want it to happen. It's hard to imagine the Patriots having to do much, uh, but they've <laughs> there's a game or two every year where they seem to struggle out of nowhere. I don't think it's going to come against New York, but uh, so gun shy with Gordon. Uh, I want you to be right. The Giants have been giving it up to opposing receivers. You know, history is on our side. You know, the game that Mike Evans had that was good was against the Giants. Uh, so I, I do like Gordon as a uh, start call, and I have to go adjust my lineup. I think, yeah, I think you, I don't think he's, if, if we're going under Nick's uh, new pretenses here, I don't think he's in wide receiver one. I, I think he could maybe touch wide receiver two, but really I, he's a confident flex play. He is someone you put in your flex and you're going to get the very minimum good flex numbers and you could even get wide receiver two production out of him. So I'm happy that you bring him up because he has he, he's been scary because of the results, but we have to remain process oriented, not results oriented. So over the last three weeks, Gordon's totaled 11, seven and eight targets. That's pretty elite usage. I mean, it's not like like top five, but it's probably top 12 to 15 Uh Pete, I'm really happy that you went back and looked at all those box scores because that did make me feel a lot better hearing that a bunch of downfield targets were blowing them up. Um, so, yeah, let's roll with it. Let's flex him and, and, and you know, put, put your name on this one, man. He, he's a wide receiver, too. Don't talk about that <laughs> flex nonsense. <laughs> he's a wide receiver, too. <laughs> all right. Are we sure, like, their quarterback can push it down the field, though? I don't know. I, I think that might cap his value. <laughs> Hey, we should we should know that. Did somebody hit on this that Philip Dorsett is out? No, none of us have mentioned okay. that, Nick. Okay, so yeah, Philip Dorsett. Clark out, has so mentioned like, it, and I have mentioned it. We've all mentioned it. <laughs> that's okay. I'm distracted too. I'm watching the NBA take someone's free Hong Kong sign uh, from oh, them on yeah. Twitter, and I'm getting really upset about it. But let's press on. Yeah, we talked about that on the Long Two podcast. Plug for that fantasy basketball. Go listen to the Long Two. Uh, Clark, give us your first start since it for the week. Uh, so we've got the Saints versus the Jags, the surprising Saints versus the uh, mustachioed led <laughs> Jaguars. Uh, really excited about this one just from a football perspective. It should be a good game, a good matchup of backups. Uh, I am going, uh, let's see. So th- there's the obvious Michael Thomas Kamara uh, and the obvious DJ Chark start, even though Latimar has been shutting people down. I feel like you have to ride him and I'm going to go with it. Uh, the Jared Cook is a start, which may not be quite as obvious. There's a bit of a dearth of talent at tight end, but I'm going to go ahead and play him if I get the chance. Uh, my matchup battle is we're going to keep it simple and keep it with the quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew versus Teddy Bridgewater. Who do you have a better week this week? That's tough. I think it comes down to Jalen Ramsey being active or not for me. Um, so to everyone following, if Jalen Ramsey – is active nope. then i'm gonna uh-uh. go with Gardner. Nope. It, you gotta choose <laughs> yes clark yes clark <laughs> I, i'm interested in giving the people actionable information not rigidly Nick. constructed put your name out on of it, context put your name on it. you you have my answer people you know what it is <laughs> um he's 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 my uh he's my starting quarterback in one of my leagues so i'm i've got to vote Minshew. i got to put good vibes out there it's gardner Minshew is going to uh is going to have success against this the saints saints secondary Jordan's doing quick research. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm just trying to see which one I would take, but I already know it's Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a top 10 efficiency quarterback right now. I, I like him and his weapons better. And if Jalen Ramsey plays, which I doubt it, I still don't think that impacts how good Teddy Bridgewater can be. 
I also How think did he not play. Is his wife having another kid? Oh, his back is injured. Oh. Because he because he helped bear the child. Library books. They're due. Um, I will say that I think that I think the I think that Alvin Kamara is gonna have a huge game because the Jaguars run defense has been hot trash. And so I think Alvin Kamara is going to run all over them. Nick, give us your second uh game that you're watching this week for starts and sits. All right, cool. Uh getting to my show notes. It's drum roll. Uh Cowboys at Jets. Okay, so Sam Darnold is back from mononucleocus. Yeah, and his lean will hopefully not explode. The Eagles defensive line last week had a heyday going against the Jets, and I think that the Dallas Cowboys defensive line can do something similar, which is going to mean a whole lot of checkdowns for Sam Darnold. Uh, we saw in week one when uh, Jameson Crowder, what do you have, like 19 targets or something like that? Absurd. Yeah, um, 17, I think. Okay, yeah. So anyway, I think it's going to be check down city to Jamison Crowder and, uh, and Le'Veon Bell. So we're getting a dual start on this one and we are banking on that and especially crowder i think if it's like full point ppr he could seriously finish as a top 12 option if it's not then he's probably just like a back-end wide receiver too but i i like both of these guys a lot and you're right he did it was 17 in week one when darnold was still with us yeah and also chris herndon's not playing right no he's not he he tweaked his hammy in practice I'm telling you, this is why Clark, this is why I think Clark's Jared Cook start is a sneaky good call, just because there is no there are no tight ends out there. And you're hoping you're hoping G Cook, J Cook does something. <laughs> I have a an actual sneaky tight end start. Uh I'm also firing up Robbie Anderson this week with Woo! the return of Sam Darnold. For that one bomb that he's gonna throw him, and Robbie Anderson's gonna pull it down and get a 80 yard touchdown. That's right. Clark all his points. Uh, we do not play. like to say uh, bomb in New York in the same sentence. No, that's a little true. sensitivity. That's true. There, that's true. Uh, throw it deep. And, and and get a hard out. Will Disley. Hard off. Hard off. Damn it. Thank you. It up. Uh, I like the Jameson Crowder call. I think I think you're totally right, Nick, that he could be in line for just double digit receptions by the third quarter. And then you're just like, well, great. That was it. That's all I needed from him. Now I'm done. Won my match up. Like 70 yards. Right. A good Jarvis, Jarvis Landry, Landry line. line. Yeah, exactly, Clark. Oh, we're on the same page. Uh, Jordan, what's your second game you're watching and, and you're watch, doing starts and sits for? Uh, the second game I'm watching, I'm not actually sure if I'm going to check this out per se, but uh, Cincinnati-Baltimore. Uh, going with a little bit of a risky start, Joe Mixon. This might be like a a last chance mixing lineup type of type of play if he doesn't produce this time we saw him you know get some yards last week but if he doesn't you know top his performance from last week then it might be time to cut bait um or at least just keep him on your bench until bye week season comes out um so with john ross out um they should really just try to force joe mixing the ball like just give it to your running back. I, they're not running the ball well. Their offensive line is trash, but just try to find a way, pass it to them. You know, just be creative. Just get Joe Mixon the ball, see what he can do with it. He only has one touchdown this season and a receiving touchdown. So I'm hoping a little bit for a positive regression and that he just stumbles, falls ass backwards into the end zone for his team, not a safety, but 
Uh, Baltimore is only 24th against the run. Um, so they can be run on if you put your mind to it. So, you know, it, it depends who wants to play worse that day, the Bengals offensive line or the Ravens defensive line. And uh, yeah, he's got to score a rushing touchdown at some point, right? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're totally right that I feel like this is the last, this is a last straw game for Joe Mixon. If you're a Joe Mixon owner where it's just like, yeah, he hasn't really given you anything he's gotten. And I saw a tweet and I can't remember who, who I can't give credit to this person because I can't remember who tweeted it out, but basically it was something along the lines of he's getting wide receiver uh, running back one touches and giving you running back three production. And it's like, I just, that doesn't work for him. Doesn't work for someone who you're expecting to be at the very least your RB2. Uh, so I think that he, if he doesn't put together a good game against a very susceptible Baltimore run defense, then it's time to cut bait, trade him if you can, or at the very least, just whoosh, cut him. I'm just trying to pull up my, my rankings here. He, he scares the hell out of me. I think I dropped him down to an RB3 this week. Uh, I would start him as a, like, a desperate flex play, but nothing close to what he was drafted for. Uh, my next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Carolina. And I am saying that this is the pl- week you play with confidence. Uh, Curtis Samuel, the giants are giving up most yards per catch, but the bucks are just giving up the most yards. So wide receivers are running. Hey, on the Buccaneers secondary. And I'm pulling a Nick here. Nick, congratulate me per Josh Hermsmeyer's air yard data. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Curtis Samuel is 10th in the NFL in total air yards, which means total total pass yards that have been targeted his way, regardless if it was caught or incomplete, which means that the Panthers are constantly looking to get the ball deep to Curtis Samuel. And that is their target. And the Bucks defense will allow at least two or three big completions to him because they've been doing it all year. Um, So my question to you guys is my my matchup is who will have a better game, Curtis Samuel or Mike Evans? Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah. Because per yeah. your um, air yard stats, actually, I think I remember this correctly. Doesn't Mike Evans lead in air yards? I don't think so. Yeah. Like oh, he the, does? The entire league? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's been up there at the top of the list uh, for, for quite some time. I'm not sure if he still has the number one spot, but it has been for, I mean, the usage is there. It's true, but we've seen one good game out of him. I just like Evans as a top two option in the offense. He's behind Godwin now, but I think Curtis Samuel is third in the passing game. So I like Evans, but it's interesting. Samuel's getting a lot of deep looks, uh, but so is Evans. He's been incredibly up and down, and I'm just betting on that smoothing out a little bit for no reason other than he's been incredibly consistent throughout his career. Uh, maybe this is the year that's just absolutely maddening for Mike Evans owners and turns him into a third or third round value next year. Uh, but the and Panthers the, have enough <laughs> weapons to get. And then this podcast is going to be buying the shit out of Mike Evans in the third round next year. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it also comes down to how confident you feel in the Panthers secondary after a game where they looked very, uh, sus- like they were, Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark were able to have success on them, but that's not something we've seen a lot of well, this year. Future Hall of Famer, I mean, Gardner Minshew right, and DJ and, Chark. And DJ yeah. Chark. I mean, name me a better wide receiver t- quarterback duo than that. There isn't. I one. mean, probably, I don't think I've ever seen one. No, you can't. Uh, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, get, get out of here. You're garbage compared to this. 
I, I'm just calling it right now. I'm throwing it into the universe. This weekend is just going to be a really bizarre weekend in terms of scoring because I just feel like we have a lot of division matchup matchups, and like it's always kooky when that happens. I I think we're going to get a a like a a reflection, a reverse reflection of what we had last week, where we had just some absolutely absurd scores last week, last week in fantasy. And I think this week, everyone's going to be kind of, I think we're going to be, you're going to be winning a lot of fantasy matchups, like 110 to 50. <laughs> it's just going to be a lot of low scoring players. Clark, uh, what's another game that you're watching and have starts and sits for? So this one's going to be almost exclusively starts. We've got the Texans and the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Texans are going to at least try to feature Carlos Hyde because why spend a third round pick on a running back if you're not going to bury him on your depth chart by an inferior talent later? Uh, they've been given Hyde a lot of work early and often, and I think they're going to try to do that again against the Chiefs team that can stop the run to try to keep Mahomes off the field. Uh, I don't think Mahomes is going to struggle much because the Texans secondary has been laughable. Uh, so the only start I think of question here is, do you think Pringle follows up his amazing performance from last week, this week? Uh, a lot of buzz or uh, a lot of news surrounding Tyreek Hill may be coming back. Sammy Watkins may be coming back. I'll have to keep an eye on that, but I think Pringle is an obvious go. He didn't just get a lot of receptions. It seemed like he was part of the game plan and they were trying to get him the ball. So that's heartening for a guy who's, who's had some good games in the past. Uh, the Texans, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, I think are obvious goes. Uh, the sneaky start this week is I think if you're desperate at tight end, you could do worse than just praying Jordan Akins or uh, Fells gives you a game. Uh, they've both caught a couple of touchdowns. They're good. Watson will throw it to whoever's open. Uh, high risk. I mean, I, I wouldn't start them over anyone who I'd heard of at tight end before. Uh, but if you're desperate and your man's on by, I mean, just go for it. Uh, I'll be curious to hear what you, Nick, and Jordan think of of Pringle because I I have just become very nervous about starting a Chiefs receiver the week after they break out because it seems like rarely have they like uh, followed it up with another big game. It always seems like the next person has a huge game. You had Sammy Watkins, then you had uh, Miko Hardman, and then you had Demarcus Robinson, and then you had Pringle. Like it's just it never seems to be the same person over and over again. I just want to say Carlos Hyde revenge game. Carlos Hyde revenge that's, game. That's what I'm. That's what I'm watching for. I don't. I don't got anything on Chris Kringle there. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that. That's my favorite reason to say that people are going to do well. It's just like based on no stats, but just story. Oh, I revenge game. I. I. No one will there be rooting harder against Carlos Hyde than myself for <laughs> what he's it? done to Duke Johnson Jr. <laughs> um, the Duke okay. Johnson Hive is not happy right now. <laughs> it's not, Dude, which is literally this podcast. We are pummeled. Um, I, my, my rundown has like a whole breakdown on their statistical differences. It, like last week, Hyde averaged 2.9 yards a carry. Uh, Duke was at like 6.6. Like it's, it's so the, uh, the disparity. Anyway, um, 
Okay, so for Byron Pringle, um, Matt Kelly, the the podfather, was on this one back in uh, mid July, and it was kind of funny because you know it, it took him a little while to end up being right about this. But the kid can play. He's got really good downfield kind of straight line speed. I was I was looking over their athletic profiles. Him and, and Demarcus Robinson. Robinson's much more of a short to intermediate guy who's got uh, short area quicks, whereas Pringle is much more the downfield threat. Um, Pete, I think that you're, you're suffering some, from some Sammy Watkins PTSD because the other guys have managed both Hardman and, and Robinson turned in some, some back-to-back good weeks. Um, I like them as Hardman as basically the, the number one there this week. Uh, Tyreek Hill's not going to play. Just book it. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Hardman's the the one. I, I count him as a wide receiver too, and I like both uh, Robinson and Pringle as as flex options. I prefer Robinson and PPR and Pringle and Standard. I think that this is like a, a fire the cannons match where everyone can get in the end zone. So if you got him, roll with him and and just be excited about it. Um, and and uh, Clark, quick note on your your tight end comments there. Uh, Fells has outsnapped Jordan Akins uh, weeks two through five, and I think he's outproduced him in the last two weeks. Uh, Fells had that big week three game, or uh, Akins had that big week three game, but Fells had week four and five. That's off the top of my head. So don't well uh, quote me. Trust me. That's because that's my job. No, you're um, you're you're spot on with the snaps, and you're spot on with with the play. It's that they've been so predictable that I think either one's throwing it out there. Fells would be riding the hot streak though. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just like the fact that he's on the field more. I don't love either one of these guys, but if you have to like come up with reasons to make the, the split decision, I'd go with Fells. But anyway, um, yeah, th- there's my long-winded thoughts. Cool oh, and, a, and the fun matchup battle, Mahomes versus Watson. Who Ooh! gets more? I'm of course going with Watson. Uh, who's with me? I'm I, go with- uh, we all got excited. Uh, I'm saying uh, I'm saying Watson just because I think Mahomes is a little bit hobbled. He has been for a couple of weeks. Every time uh, something happens with that ankle, he kind of just – he doesn't produce as well. He's still really good, but it's just Watson's Deshaun Watson. You know? So, uh, yeah, my answer is Patrick Mahomes' ankle. It just depends on how the practice week goes and what he's able to do. Uh, if he's, like – not limited in any capacity by Friday, then I, Mahomes stays as my QB one, which he is right now. Uh, if he's still limited on Friday, then I will knock him down to number two and give Watson the one spot. <laughs> Watson's throwing for 10 touchdowns and Pat Mahomes is throwing three interceptions. The reign of Mahomes is over. God. So I was, I was watching the chiefs game and I'm really surprised that, uh, that's too lewd for the podcast. Could Chris Collinsworth be more <laughs> Pat Mahomes centric? Could he? Could he? Could his Pat pants Mahomer. be too tight in the crotch? So like, so tight there. <laughs> I like Patrick Mahomes, but after watching that game, I really started to hate Patrick Mahomes just because that's all that Collinsworth was talking about. I'm surprised that he was able to get the words out with Mahomes in his mouth. <laughs> it's not just Chris Collinsworth either. It's, it's all every of it's everyone. You would think that none of them have ever seen a quarterback play football it's, before. And he's ever. awesome. Don't he's make great. Me really him. good. But but, but they make it. when he any throw he makes, any throw he makes, every fucking like sports 
outlet is just like, oh my God, Pat Mahomes fucking threw the football. It's going to be embarrassing when it's to Tyreek Hill and they have to, you know, not talk about that every time. It's like when somebody tells you that this movie is really good, like this is the best movie I've ever seen. You've got to watch it. And they tell you 10 times, then you finally watch it. You're like, yeah, that was was good. It was was a good movie. But you hyped it up too much. I'm sorry. Well, I think Patrick Mahomes is like the greatest quarterback of all time. So, and Nick, you are off the podcast. <laughs> Still won't pick him to finish ahead of Watson. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's really the best quarterback here? All right, before we go further, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back uh, with more Week 6 starts and sits. Woo, that's a tongue twister when you say it fast. Nick, give us your uh, final game you're watching for starts and sits. Final game I'm watching for starts and sits <laughs> is <laughs> um, Titans at Broncos. A uh, bit of a mea culpa here. I was frightened by Joe Flacco, but now I'm ready to be with Joe Flacco again. Um, Cortland Sutton, the, the dudes, he's matchup proof. He's quarterback proof. Loved him. Y'all think uh, I was stupid for asking about him and DeAndre Hopkins. Can somebody mute him? <laughs> um, I, I, I still do think you're stupid for that. But I think that he's like a he, – he will just stay with he, – he won't give you anything worse than a wide receiver to week in and week out, seemingly. Um, I like – I was checking out player profile, pra, playerprofiler.com. Um, they've got him running in the slot at only 11% of the time, which means he gets to just avoid Logan Ryan all night. Uh, so that bodes very well for him to keep up this awesome string of performances. I would start him very confidently as a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. And uh, just to ruffle old Clarky's feathers, the other start is, of course, Derrick Henry. He didn't need me to say it. I just wanted to because go Derrick Henry. But seriously, the, the Denver Broncos defense is just getting, getting pummeled by running back. So, yeah, it's all systems go. Yeah, Sands, Brand- Sands Bradley Chubb also. I, I know he's probably more of a pass rusher, but just the impact of that on the defense, I think uh, Derrick Henry could have a much better game. Jordan, final game you're watching and stats and sits. Uh, final game, uh, Packers at Lions uh, Monday night. So everybody tune in. Um, going Fire to up be- those mute buttons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Booger McFarlane. Hey, I like Boog. Um, I'll be starting Carry on Johnson. Um, 
Well, I won't be because I don't have them anywhere, but I'm not afraid to say that you can run against the Packers. <laughs> it's totally fine. I've made my peace with it. That's just the way they're going to play defense. Uh, the Packers lead the league by so much, like a country mile in early down defensive running EPA, um, which I believe stands for efficiency per run attempt um, allowed. So basically, if you run on them early, they're like, fine you're going to run on us, but we're not going to let you pass on us early. Um, and they're 28th in rush defense DVOA, I believe. Yeah. So they're fourth in yards per play defending play action as well. So they are completely just selling out to stop the passing game. And I think that's going to be more uh, exemplified here against Detroit, especially with, uh, you know, the Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson and those boys, they're just going to be, you're just going to have a, a good running back day and, you know, the Packers are just going to try to outscore you, which they've proven that they can. So the running game uh, might prove to be a little bit ineffective later in the game, but coming out, I think carry on to a pretty safe start. Yeah. He's my running back 11 and he's, he's, he's going to smash um, commenting on the, uh, the commentators, the way that you guys feel about Chris Collinsworth is how I feel about Booker McFarland, who no one misinforms their viewers with such pleasure More. as does Booger McFarland week yeah. in and week out. Uh, and you're also, you're good. I like the carry on pick because carry on's coming off of a huge game against the chiefs where he had 125 yards on tw- Holy fuck. 26 rushing attempts. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> that is an absurd amount of rushing attempts. Um, but I would be surprised if they, if the, if uh, Matt Patricia, and the Lions don't try to do the exact same thing they did against Kansas city, which is clearly run the football into the ground and then play defense. And so that's, I think that's what you're going to do. So I think you're going to see another big performance by carry on Johnson. Yeah. He's been having a pretty good season. Now I'm looking at his stats. We know if Williams is going to miss the second game, I feel it's likely, but. Uh, Jonathan Williams from the Packers of Green Bay. Jamal. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Fuck, I am on my game today. <laughs> yeah, I actually I th- don't know. I haven't heard anything. I thought he was, but I, but I could be wrong. I'm That's still a- holding out hope on him taking over the Green Bay backfield, so I'll be over here Dude. on this hill by myself uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to come. Well, I don't think – I think because I, I think you're – cold what? over there. <laughs> he was starting when he got hurt. Are you excited by slow people? Like, what? Yes. <laughs> They're my favorite. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, all, I think that there is a point there to be made because Matt Lafleur and the Packers have been very obvious in their want to limit Aaron Jones's touches. Not because they think Aaron Jones is bad, but because he's a smaller back and they want to keep him healthy. Like they have say, said that many times, um, and so they're looking for a back to be able to balance his workload with. And they've been bringing in these like undrafted rookies and and who did they run against that they ran some guy against the cowboys who was my Trey carson there it is thank you uh trust jordan to know but it's when jamal williams is healthy there's it's not like he's i don't think he's going to be the starting back in green bay but i think that he is going to have a cer- certainly a workload there i think it's going to be very similar to what we could expect with melvin gordon and austin eckler in terms of in terms of workload real quick well, if um, they had an actual third running back that could actually produce like the san francisco 49ers they would run all three that's their back yes that is matt lafleur's wet dream is to basically have (laughs) is to have the 49ers backfield and to be able to run like the 49ers we need to get him and matt patricia on one team so they can just ruin one team together 
Except for the fact that Kyle Shanahan is putting together one of the better offenses in the NFL, just running the football like a madman. So no, I, I'm talking about Patricia and Lafleur. I was about I know, to say, but my point is, is that my point is, is that those two guys are ruining football by running the football, right? Is that your point? Ruining yes, the game to four in one start. But they're <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's now we got the results over process narrative coming in. No, they uh, they're they're doing it in a manner that's just let's line them up and knock them down, and it's that's not a way to to find sustained success. Uh, Kyle Shanahan goes about the run game in a much different manner, where he's not just doing uh, running in your face concepts. He's, they're they're not following the Pete Carroll mold of we're going to let him know we're running it and then we're going to run it. Shanahan's running game is beautiful. Yeah, it is. The all yeah. twenty two watching how I mean it's just run right, run left. Yeah, but the the way that he gets there is just. I know they haven't played great teams, but he's been doing this the the whole time he's been in San Francisco with third string quarterbacks making that offense look good with use check and Kittle. It's just, I know Nick there's injuries going on, but oh, I just, oh, I love you, Shanahan. I love you. Aaron Jones's four touchdowns would like a word, Nick. <laughs> I think he's a good football player. Um, all right. My, my final game that we're going to do starts to sit for. It's funny that we started talking about Kyle Shanahan and his beautiful run game because I'm sorry, Clark. And it's sacrilege to say this after a huge game against the Brownies sit Matt Breida this week against the uh against the Rams there are two things that worry about me that came out of oh well Nick had to go <laughs> uh there's two things that worry about me in this game the first is if you take Breida's 83 yard touchdown out he had 10 carries for 31 yards and no scores and Tevin Coleman saw most of the goal line touches for the 49ers and the second is that Kyle Juszczyk was injured on Monday night and he's the linchpin for Shanahan's run scheme as a blocker and so I'm worried about this running game going forward and just the effectiveness that we've seen being whether or not the big plays are going to continuously be there the Rams are have a the Rams defense is 10th uh, against allowing fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. So they're not phenomenal, but they're good. They're serviceable. So I'm, I would just, I would have patience or be a little worried about what breed is going to come out and do and, and maybe not expect a massive game for him following up his uh, big Monday night game. I think breed is a good running back. Like he's really uh, a talented player. I do think that because of, recency bias we might be overrating what san francisco can do just because i don't think cleveland's that great of a team like they're not that good you can easily gash them um and i i do think you can gash the rams though at the same time it just depends uh i'm going to say it will depend on you know the use check injury i'm going to use the injury qualifier i get to use it once per good podcast, qualifier good so qualifier now yeah i think Although I love Matt Breida, it was obvious that uh, Shanahan wanted Tevin Coleman to be the lead back at the beginning of the year. And it looked like he wanted him to be the lead back in his first game back from injury. That's stupid. And I'm mad about it, but that doesn't make it any less true. So Breida's going to have to get his as the clear second option against the Rams team, who is, is much better than some of the teams at San Francisco has faced. Uh, I'm not going to dog San Francisco for playing bad opponents so far but uh i'm not sitting brita but you your point is well made that tevin coleman is unfortunately the number one back in san francisco yeah all right clark wrap us up final game that you're watching oh the one that we've all been waiting for the washington (laughs) football team against the miami dolphins yes the battle for Tua. and incredible 
uh, stat that someone threw into our uh, community chat system today. Uh, something like cost of admission to the Miami Zoo, $26. Cost of admission to the Miami Dolphins football team, uh, $16. So I feel like on a per animal basis, you're still getting a better value going to the Dolphins game. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the point. Uh, so the matchup battle here is going to be interesting and it's going to dovetail into what I'm talking about. I think this game is actually going to be good for fantasy. Jordan, you talked about the divisional matchups creating some weird scores. And I think this is going to be one of those surprisingly good games uh, because these teams are probably surprisingly well matched. Uh, They're both not very good, but they have some talent. Uh, It looks like Case Keenum's going to get the start uh, for the Washington football team. And you know, he can chuck it. It looks like Josh Rosen is going to get the start for the Dolphins, and he can chuck it to his two outstanding wide receivers, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. I'm actually debating which which of these guys I can start in one of my leagues because they're, of course, both available. That's uh, literally the, the same debate I'm having. Good, Clark. Yeah. Let's work through this together. Okay. okay. I actually have some numbers, and I'm, and I'm sad that uh, Nick's not here to hear this because I so rarely uh, do this, and he's so good at it. I kind of wanted <laughs> to hear his thoughts on it. Anyway, so uh, – Preston Williams and Devontae Parker both have exactly 201 yards and one touchdown. Preston Williams has uh, 30 targets and 15 catches to Devontae Parker's 24 and 10. Uh, Looking at the past three and four weeks when we've been really Josh Rosen heavy with the Dolphins, uh, it's 19 targets to 10, but both wide receivers are getting involved. Devontae Parker had the touchdown in week four. uh, and Williams has been held out of the end zone in those games. I think both of these guys are good fill-in wide receivers for this week. I don't think they're good wide receivers. I don't think that they're going to be great for the rest of the year. But I think when we're trying to fill some holes during the bye weeks, both of these guys have potentials to have a a good game. Uh, And if they're going to have a great game, I mean, this is it. Uh, So Kenyon Drake is an obvious start here. I think Adrian Peterson is an obvious start here. Uh, both of these games or both of these offenses, I think are going to be able to do what they want to against these defenses. So it might not be quite that bad. Uh, Peterson and McLaurin from the Washington team are starts. Uh, But who do you have most importantly in the Terry McLaurin or Preston Williams matchup event? So uh, full disclosure, I am starting Preston Williams in a flex spot in one league because of uh, unfortunate bears by situation. So uh, it's kind of like you said, Clark, if you have a, a buy week mm-hmm. issue, you can slot one of these guys in. I like Preston Williams low floor. However, I do like Terry McLaurin's ceiling a little bit more. And I'm actually pretty excited for this game because I think <laughs> it's going to be either so bad that like either each team's going to be so bad that they can't, find a way to get into the end zone or they're going to be so bad that one cannot stop the other like that's what i'm hoping for middle ground no it's not going to be like 21 to 24 it's going to be either like 14 to 10 or 35 to 42 it's just it's it's just going to be one of those and I don't even think I don't even think that there's a chance that it's going to be low scoring because I I think that these both these offenses are going to score points but also have like debilitating turnovers where each defense will have like one pick six and like a fump blocked punt and a a fumble return for a touchdown like I just think this is going to be a complete and utter shit show of who is going to get the first overall pick. Uh, 
I, I would take Terry McLaurin in your matchup, but really Clark, the matchup that, that needs to be here is, is Devonte Parker or Preston Williams, because I have been back and forth on both of these guys trying to figure out who I want to add off waivers. Devonte Parker has had more recent success, but it's so hard to argue with Preston Williams getting just a shitload of targets and being seemingly the guy who the, the dolphins want to run their offense through. I, I know you, I know you're a Devonte Parker truther. So I, I feel like it would be hard for you to go against your boy, but I'm going with, I'm going with Parker just because he's the deep threat. Williams seems to be getting a lot more run right around the line mm. of scrimmage, which is odd because he's like six, five and he's got yeah. good speed. Uh, so the, I mean, uh, Williams seems like the safer play with Parker as more of the potential home run hitting play. I may just be creating that narrative out of four games, but for the two games that I watched, uh, Williams is kind of the uh, more not gadgety, but the, like we're running, like you said, we're running our offense through this wide receiver with Parker more as the home run shot. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really tough decision and uh, crappy that we're making it for such (laughs) a terrible team. These guys are pretty good. I know. I know. And Josh Rosen looks good. You guys, this is going to be the game where all of a sudden the dolphins are like, shit, Josh Rosen is playing really good. And we kind of want to get to a, but oh, what do we have here? We haven't taken like a full on stroll down narrative street, but let's, let's jog it a little bit. Sure. I think despite all like the fish tank or like getting the first uh, overall pick, that sort of battle, that's something that I think the front offices might be talking about. Not these players in the locker room. Like these guys, once they go head to head, they're going to actually be trying. Like no team wants to come out of that game on Sunday and be like, ah, shit, I guess we are the worst team in the NFL. Like that's, that's not something that they want. So they're going to be trying to some degree, whether that's offensively or defensively. There's a lot of pride on the line is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, you've convinced me. Bench Odell Beckham, start Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, baby. That's how you win week six. Roll it out. <laughs> this is a primetime game right here. Because honestly, see if my flight gets gets one of these games here. Ooh, there you go. Because honestly, this is like the closest that we'll ever have to the battle for the first overall pick that everyone wants. Where in, and like the last, the worst two teams at the end of the year should play a game instead of the Pro Bowl. The worst two teams should just play each other. And the winner, the winner gets the first overall pick. Meanwhile, the Bengals are that peeking behind the brick wall meme. The Bengals, the Bengals, like, oh, don't forget about us. I think they should do a toilet bowl. That they could take that from fantasy. Like the bottom six teams play a tournament, and whoever wins the tournament gets the first pick. Hell yeah! Just and you don't even need to add more games. Just the final four games of the season. We just reschedule. Just reschedule. Like, look, it's. It's a 12 game season. And then the last four, you have all the best the you know, the best, whatever. Let me quickly do math. 32 minus six, um, uh, 26. Nope. Nailed it. Yes. You nailed it. Uh, have those teams play each other and figure out playoff positioning there. And then have the bottom six for the last four games, just playing the, whoever wins the tournament gets the first overall pick. It's perfect. So I just thought of this argument. This is like an actual positive for the NFL. Because why wouldn't they want their best bad team to get the number one overall pick when more likely than not, it might be a quarterback? Like, do you want them to get Rosened or do you want, you know, 
Rosen to get Rosen again. <laughs> like you want your quarterbacks to go to like not the worst worst team because there's no infrastructure there. Right. That's why they're the worst. Right. And that ruins good quarterback prospects. Right. Oh my god, yes. The NFL. Yes. This is how you like galaxy brain protects the quarterbacks. Guys, we like, solved the NFL. We fixed it. We fixed every every worry about where quarterbacks are going. This is the perfect plan. Tired, roughing the passer. <laughs> wired, having a toilet bowl tournament to protect. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, we solved it. We have solved it. Um, we got a name for the pod. Yep, this is it. Done. Uh, quickly, before we go, I know it seems unnecessary, but we got to put it in the... Uh, audio world uh let's quickly make thursday night picks i'm obviously choosing the patriots in a blowout clark who's you who you got i mean the the patriots (laughs) i just want to i'm making you guys all just agree with me jordan who do you have (laughs) uh no barkley no tate no ingram possibly (laughs) no shepherd Oh my goodness. Wow. I appreciate all you guys uh, choosing the Patriots. The little to win. person in my head is like, whenever everyone picks one, I'm like, but, but no. But Have no you, like, do you guys everyone... remember the Super Bowl in 2007 and 10? Like, everyone's going to be right, I think. Yeah. On this one. Yeah. This is not a hard one to pick. Awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, we helped you so much in setting your lineups. If you have any questions, if you have specific start set questions that are plaguing you, make sure to reach out to us at RB1 Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can follow up myself at Pete M. Rogers, follow Clark at NFL Clark, follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27, and Nick, who pieced out halfway through, at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. Make sure to subscribe to the Fake Teams Podcast channel. You can find it wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. It really helps us get out there and get more downloads and people listening to us and enjoying the show. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good week six. Until then, peace.